Here comes the new bumper. Oh, it helps if I actually have it set for live. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. At host a podcast, we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. Like watch her take the rolls. Welcome back to Dad's Meet World, your very easy listening podcast. I am Dad number one this week, Brett, and I welcome you into a weekly uh, recap, rewatch podcast of Boy Meets World. Joining me is Dad number two with a cat on his shoulder. They want you to take the roles, Brett. They do. They do, yes. And I am Tyler. <laughs> 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 yes, uh, Tyler, uh, you uh, are viewers uh, who, by the way, last week was uh, instantaneously, we were recording on Sunday night, we released on Friday our latest episode, and it within, I don't know, 16 hours was the most streamed episode on YouTube of season three. Wow. So, and our eagle-eyed viewers might notice I'm not in my normal habitat for recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're on location, right? In Philadelphia? I, I am. Uh, oh, I, no, no, not Philadelphia. Although, if, if I turn to my right, I can see Philadelphia on the TV screen because the Eagles game is on right now. <laughs> nice. No, I'm I'm down in Charleston, South Carolina for a work trip. Um, I'll be down here through the week. And uh, so Tyler and I decided we were going to record Sunday night and uh, get our recording done early in the week. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it's because I've been (laughs) sick. And so I need to call off tonight because I was like, well, either I go into work and I'm miserable and potentially get more sick or I just call off and save everyone from potentially contaminating more people. So yes, I, I think you made the right decision. <laughs> it's, it's a push right now just to be sitting the way I am and talking. <laughs> well, uh, other than being sick, uh, is there anything good going on in the Volk household? Anything good going on in the Volk household? Uh, no. Lots of just sickness. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, we're uh, all finally getting over the sickness, so that helps a lot. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, from the time, <laughs> the last time we recorded to now, we've dealt with so much sickness. It was so much that yesterday morning, we just called my parents. We're like, hey, can you take the kids? They're like, sure. <laughs> And apparently my second was quite a a monster while he was there. Um, You know, up and down, ate a bug, all those fun Mm. things you do at Nana and Papa's. Of course. Bugs are nice, Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) I'm trying to do something, Uh, and you're in the way. Yes. For those who are not watching YouTube, that's Tyler's cat. (laughs) Yes. He apparently thinks it's time for him to eat, so he is going to bother me until I feed him. (laughs) 
Well, uh, why don't we dive right into this week's episode synopsis, and uh, we'll maybe give Tyler time to feed the kitty, or we'll just dive right into the episode after that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good-looking people this week, we're going to dive into a rare New Year's Eve episode called Train of Fools, the 10th episode of Season 3. And uh, so in this episode, with no mode of transportation to get to the big New Year's Eve party, Eric, Corey, Sean, and Topanga celebrate New Year's Eve in a stranded subway car. This episode was written by Susan Myers and Judy Toll. It was directed by Jeff McCracken. Originally aired December 15th, 1995. And has an IMDb rating of 7.7. Now, for you (laughs) Nielsen viewers. (laughs) Just keep going. Well, um, I don't have my my normal... my, my normal sound effects, so I'll drop them in in post. But uh, for our uh, our favorite game show, Vast Emotional Damage, our previous episode came in at 13 million viewers. Tyler, what do you think Train of Fools pulled in? Oh, if I'm a betting man. Well, I mean, it's right before the holidays. Sometimes they get bumps for the little break they have let's just go with 17 why not Hmm. you know what you're pretty close it was 17.4 nice (laughs) we're gonna start out with the teaser and uh sean gets a limo for he and Corey for new year's eve because this is going to be their first well he Corey, and topanga because this is going to be their first new year's eve party out of the house. Um, okay. Very excited. <laughs> oh, Brett, here is the first flaw to this episode. Why do they need a limo to go to parties when they're in high school? Well, because it's fun. <laughs> I think this, um, the next part of this episode is more fun than that current setup. A limo is going to be uh, taking them place to place. Yeah. I do really enjoy that the next thing that happens is Mr. Feeney walks in searching for help because he is on his way for vacation and he needs cash for the cab and all he has is traveler's checks. Mm-hmm. But Alan and Amy are not home, and all he has is Corey and Sean. <laughs> yep. Which uh, I'll say and- is a little disappointing <laughs> for Feeney because you would think that he would plan ahead for cab home, cab there, like have cash ready it, to go. It is. It's a little bit out of character for him. I, I can understand. Um, I can understand a very well planned individual like. George, like I, I, until today, I would have had the same problem. But this morning, I, I left for 
my my business trip this morning. Um, I came down with uh, a coworker and I carpooled at three thirty four o'clock this morning uh, to catch our flight in Cleveland to come down to South Carolina. And she is a very detail oriented person. We got off the turnpike three miles from the airport in Cleveland, and she realized she left her license at home. You can't fly without a license. So long story short, we did both make it. She had to take a later flight. But um, I give I give the Raiders a little bit of grace here because even the most detail-oriented person can make mistakes here. And it gives us a great joke with Sean getting to hold some power over Feeney, even though he has to borrow 20 bucks from Corey to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the fact that Feeney is in a position of need. And Sean could, quote-unquote, help him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's dumb, but it's funny it's dumb. Great. I do like it's it. Just, <laughs> it is funny dumb. It is great. And like I said, he borrows 20 bucks from Corey to give to Feeney. And Feeney is not in the rest of the episode until the tag at the end. And yeah. But, you know, I, I've moment. never always minded – these type of situations because they show like this is why the character will not be in the episode very long or at all Mm -hmm. and i it's like okay at least we know this person will not be showing up like it's always the episodes you're like where is this character where did they go you're like what happened it's well explained and mr feeney is taking a well-deserved vacation so in in world in universe it makes a lot of sense and I, i like that i like that he's taking vacation yeah, time for himself. He yes. Needs that. It's good. <laughs> so, but I, I do that. You know, if you thought about this ahead of time, you wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean, of course, wishes Mr. Feeney spicy pasta when he leaves. Oh, uh, yes. But uh, this, this whole reverie is interrupted by Eric from the other room, and we have this clip. What's the matter? Ha-cha-cha! <laughs> heard screaming. Something wrong? Oh, Dad, thanks for giving birth to me. Uh, I was there, too. Oh, right. Kudos, Mom. <laughs> Get this. Your firstborn, the fruit of your loom, has a dream date this New Year's Eve with supermodel Rebecca Alexa. Rebecca Alexa? The jeans girl? The one with the... Yes! And the... Yes! No! Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> Eric, how did you scam this? Oh, she's Jason's second cousin. She's in from out of town. She needs a date, so she's going out with me. I, I am just so happy. I, oh, those long, hard years of dating finally paid off, huh? <laughs> well, not for her, but... <laughs> oh, no, just think. I mean, when that clock strikes 12, I'll be kissing the famous blonde lips of supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philly. Oh, Mommy, Daddy, catch me. Jason's still around. We just don't get to see him because yeah. Rebecca Alexa is a second cousin of Jason. <laughs> I mean, maybe Jason went to a different school his senior year. He's on the other side of the school. He, he went to the other side of the school. <laughs> Famously the other side. He's with Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he graduated early. Who knows? Maybe. But either way, Eric, who uh, is thanking Alan for giving birth to him. Wrong person. Uh, 
Uh, yes, all those long, hard years of dating have paid off. He is going to be dating a jeans model on New Year's Eve. And so that is the conceit of this episode for Eric. He has got the date of all dates. And so... Okay, is this the worst version of Eric we've seen so far in this show? (laughs) It very well may be. This is Eric seeing a woman as the ultimate prize is pretty much the worst version of Eric. This is Eric chasing women for the sake of wanting to win something. Well, it seems like it's about him, not about like like the actual person he is with. It's just uh-huh. about the status of dating a model, dating Jean's girl, kissing her, people knowing him, you know, yeah. to her. It's just gross. I'm going to be dating the blonde lips of a supermodel at midnight in front of all of Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so much of a, it's not, yeah, you're right. It's not just about, you know, that ultimate prize. It's the status that comes with it. So yeah, this yeah. really is probably the worst version of Eric we get to see. Yeah. Well, I, also, I feel like this is the only, uh, New Year's Eve episode of Boy Meets World, and I think in this mm-hmm. episode we see why it's only the one. Because there's only so many stories you can do with them. New Year's Eve episodes are pretty one-note. You don't see a lot of them on on sitcoms because they tend to be wrapped up in the same thing. Set out to make an amazing New Year's. New Year's plans fall through find out that New Year's is never going to be what you want it to be, so you just enjoy what you have. No one's cracked the code for a different New Year's script. No. I mean, friends would often do, like, the start of their episode is New Year's Eve, and then it's Mm -hmm. something else completely different for, like, the next day. Like, uh, think about the one where yeah. they make the resolutions and they all break. All the rest, the one with all the resolutions, and then the rest yeah. of the yeah, that's the that's the teaser, and then the rest of the episode is how long it takes them to break those resolutions. Yeah, <laughs> Ross is wearing yeah. leather pants. Can they also notice Ross is wearing Ross leather pants? Something about the leather pants. <laughs> oh god! Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Nothing. Nothing about this makes Eric look good. And so far, um, even Corey and Sean kind of look slightly desperate as well. Like, I get the vibe of you don't want to be a kid and being home watching the ball drop. But on the same token, where are you going to go besides someone's home in high school? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure where exactly they were going to be other than someone else's house for a party. Right. I'm like, I get as adults, there's plenty of bars and clubs that will hold like a, you know, new year's Eve party, but like, they're not getting into those places. It's not like Chubby's is having a, like, and they could have said, you know, Chubby's blah, blah, blah. But if that's the case, they can just walk there. We know they've done that before. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So why they didn't just end up there. I don't understand, but it's like, 
when it says parties, what do you mean parties? Because most parties that I know of for teenagers is someone's house. Yep. Even for college, a lot of that is there too. So <laughs> I don't know. That was some of the best parties I had. <laughs> yeah. No, the, be- so, the best New Year's Eve parties are the ones that after the ball drops, everyone looks around and goes, okay, time for bed. Good night. Good night, everybody. I'm going. I'm done seeing your faces. To the, welcome to the next year. Everyone, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> anyway, we uh, to people, and that's it. We leave the uh, we leave the teaser. We come back into Act One. It is New Year's Eve. Alan and Amy are getting ready to leave. Alan is not excited to leave. Um, and he tries to reassure Eric for the last time that Rebecca Alexa is just a girl. Because Eric is so concerned that he's just a fatty, fat, fat. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. But, yeah. uh... Well, yeah. And I even Eric wonder, too, really of, like, just... where, where's Alan and Amy going? Like, what party do they have to go to? More importantly, Brett, who is watching Morgan? We haven't really remembered that Morgan's there yet. Mm -hmm. The characters have kind of forgotten her at this moment. Yeah. Morgan has not reappeared yet from her sequestering, so the writers kind of dropped the ball on Morgan there. Um, Let's just assume that there's a babysitter coming. Or she's staying the and night somewhere Phoenix. else, potentially. Yeah, yeah, let's assume that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we do get Amy coming down, and Alan is uh, is very pleased. And uh, I, I like that Corey and Sean are... Uh, uh, or Corey and Eric are growing up, and they remember the old New Year's Eve past. You know their their experiences with old New Year's Eve past, mm-hmm. and how you know they weren't necessarily all that great, but we get to see a little bit of the past, and we get some we get some world building with how they grew mm-hmm. up together. Well, it seems like they were kind of forced to always do something together. Um, Mom and Dad get a babysitter; they would then have to deal with babysitter, and then also. Maybe Each watch other. the ball drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I gotta say, my parents never went out for New Year's Eve. And we just always did it as a yeah. family thing. And at most, Same like here. when in high school, I would go to a friend's house and maybe watch the ball drop. But again, it was always at someone's house. It was never a, you know, party. Yeah, I did some youth group parties when I was in high school, but other than that, I was at home with my family. My kids have been at home with me. So, I mean, New Year's has just never been that big of a party holiday for my families. Well, I think it's just that that part of the L.A. writers writing about a not as big of a community in Philadelphia and not maybe fully understanding of what may happen in Philadelphia as compared to LA. Cause it would make sense that in that town and also New York that you go out, you go somewhere, you do a party or whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's what the parents do. But I would argue, you know, 
Not that I think my area of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania are hugely different, but I think it's more likely that people would stay in with their kids more than go to just any random party. Yeah, I think you're I, I think you're right. So I mean, and they don't even say it? that it's a a work party or anything like that too. <laughs> no, it's just party. I, I think it's just yeah, it's the generalness of all of this that bothers me. Come on, hurry up, let's get this over with. And Alan clearly doesn't want to go out. It's it's a yeah. party that Amy wants to go to. Maybe it's a work party yes. for Amy. Maybe. Her realtor Maybe. slash art gallery person party. Yeah. It's season three. We don't know what job she has this Whatever season. job she has right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we do finally get to see, well, we don't see, but Corey gets to see the limo that Sean has procured. Yes. It's a hearse. <laughs> well, they said it looks like a hearse. Didn't say it was a hearse. It does look like a hearse. Yes, yes. They said it looks like a hearse. Yes, but when Alan was very confident in that answer. <laughs> yes, Alan's very confident. Sean says, "Wait, do you see what's in back?" Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Amy wants Eric to have something a little more dependable than his car, Lucille. So uh, Alan and Eric trade cars. Nice little visual gag of Alan giving him the keys and Eric giving Alan the pliers. You want it to start, yes. don't you? <laughs> I do love that visual gag. It's great. I never had a car that bad, but I understand that and I can sympathize with it. <laughs> we take a break from all this New Year's Eve party action with the kids to go visit John and Eli, who are spending New Year's Eve at John's house. And uh, it's just... On it's the couch, been their where year. most people yeah, are, yes. on the couch. It's not been their year for women. Um, uh, yeah, um, I'm, this this whole, I'm not a big fan of this subplot. It's just, it, yeah. it's not great. I'm, I'm well, not going to spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> okay. Unless these are like girls that he dated before Sean moved in, which he was with Catherine for a while, so I don't see that being the case. These are just random girls he's gone on dates with since Sean's moved in. They have to understand that he's not bad at a commitment because he literally has a teenager living with him. Unless the mm. writers have forgotten about this a little bit. So like any woman he dates right now has to realize that the priority is Sean before any sort of relationship. And so if that's what they're not fully understanding, then that's on them, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's this, this whole runner of, of him not being ready for commitment, not being ready for commitment, it feels like this is season two, Jonathan. It, it does, and you know the the writers in this episode we mentioned last week. They're uh, the one. This is only the second of her two only credited episodes, and the other this is second of three credited episodes. So I don't know that they were in the writers' room, or if they were just freelancers that they picked up a couple of episodes from. Um, right. So they may not have even been all that familiar with the subplots going on. They might not have even realized that Sean was living with John when they wrote these scripts. So who knows? 
But uh, who knows? So but, we've got. But again, our showrunner <laughs> should be the one to know all the things. But it's all about uh, the joke. Yes. The joke yeah. comes it's first. All the joke about comes the first. Joke. That's what we have to keep reminding ourselves. <laughs> the joke comes first. Although I have to say, my favorite part about the whole Jonathan subplot is A, that Eli decides to join the women on the couch to complain about him. And B, is when the last girl walks in and she's crying, even though they only went on one date. (laughs) And he just grabs her, puts her inside, and walks out the door. Says, hey, Eli, yeah? Incoming! (laughs) Well, let's let's just... Mention the women. We already talked about what's going on. We've got Janine, who's played by Wendy Pitts. First and only time on Boy Meets World. Seven acting credits to her name, including Point Man, Nightstand, Silk Stockings, Clock Watchers, The Naked Truth, and Patient. Uh, she crashes. She hastes to be alone and offers to whip up a lasagna. Uh, then we've got Valerie, who's played by Brooke Thies. Thies. Uh, first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. 31 acting credits to her name, including Growing Pains, A Nightmare in Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master, Just the Ten of Us, Blossom, Beverly Hills 90210, Clueless, the TV series, Catwoman, and others. <laughs> As if. Um, and then there's Lynn, who's played by Don Maxey. This is her first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. 28 acting credits to her name, including Missing Persons, Multiplicity, Soul Man, Just Shoot Me, Ringmaster, Yes Dear, The King of Queens, and others. It and just feels so, like yeah. this was a waste of opportunity for these actresses, in all honesty. Like, yeah, because I mean, these... I could see these actresses really being used a lot better, especially yeah. the first two. Yeah. They just really leaned into that whole New Year's Eve idea of closure, reminiscing and commiseration with this subplot. And it just, it goes nowhere and it's just, it's shoehorned in and it's, it's an excuse to have something for John and Eli to do. And it's just, it's just there. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the problem is is because... Because Eric and Corey and Sean and Topanga are all together in one storyline, they have to have another storyline to go to to break things up, which I get. But mm-hmm. again, this B plot needs to be stronger, other yeah. than just crapping on Jonathan. Yeah, see, I was complaining last week that we had two B plots and they were both just there. And now I'm complaining this week that there was just one B plot and it was just there. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I'm just not happy. But at least this week no. you're complaining with me. <laughs> so let's go back to our uh, Eric or uh, our Sean, Corey, and Topanga who had to come back home and they don't have the hit limo anywhere because it was a hearse. And when a corpse wakes up, you got to take it back. <laughs> yeah, I'm really uh, disturbed by this joke here. Um as you should Normally, be. <laughs> a, a hearse should not be transporting anyone that isn't officially dead, so... Yeah, typically really weird. someone who's in a Somewhat. hearse should already be embalmed. Yeah. A, a hearse transports a corpse to the grave site. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a rather dark joke. <laughs> it's a very, very dark joke. I uh, Yeah. yeah. 
I think the less time we talk about that, the better off we're going to be, where I'm going to get angry. Um, All right. But yes, also, well, though, Eric comes back, too. Yes, because even though they traded cars, Alan's car broke down, and he and supermodel Rebecca Alexa are back at the Matthews household. And Rebecca Alexa is played by Angela Visser. First and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World. 18 acting credits to her name, including Harry and the Hendersons. The Ben Stiller Show, Blossom, Baywatch, Friends, and others. And so we've um, got Cor- Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, who wants to bet that what happened was is they ran out of gas and Eric decided not to get gas because he didn't think they needed gas. And that's all that you know, there's a reason they broke down. That's probably the most accurate reason. And I will totally buy into that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, cars break down all the time. It could happen, mm-hmm. but like, there's a strong possibility it was just Alan was going to get gas on the way to party, and then they switch cars. He forgot about it to say anything. Eric wasn't paying attention. Eric broke down, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I buy it. That's canon. So. Sean fawns over Rebecca Alexa. Corey fawns over Rebecca Alexa. And we've got a fun little quote here, or a little interaction here I clipped. So do supermodels have any special powers? I mean, like, can you read what I'm thinking? Yes. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Rebecca Alexa, I lucked out. I got us the last cab in Philly. (laughs) Oh, Eric, you gotta let us share it. All right, let me think. Uh, I'm seeing a big hairy no. Eric, this is my first New Year's Eve out of the house, all right? I mean, without this cab, we're stranded. All right, hold on, hold on. No, I tried. I just can't care less. Corey, I know how you feel. My oldest sister never took me anywhere. I never forgave her. Corey, great idea. Why don't you share our cab, bud? <laughs> well, thanks, Eric. What made you change your mind? <laughs> I'll just go over here and I'll tell you. <laughs> You say one sentence to me or my date, it better be a help. I'm flying out the cab window. Oh, Eric, don't you worry about that. I am not going to do anything stupid. There's some nice quotable stuff in there. There is. A lot of good quotable stuff. There really is. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense that Sean is oogling over her and asks her, do you have superpowers? Mm -hmm. And I do like she goes, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but the fact that Cora's oh, also yeah. oogling over her is kind of upsetting. Like, none of the guys really come off great right in this moment. Oh, no. They all just really look horrible in this moment. Especially Corey, who... This is uh, a girl from school. Oh, she's my girlfriend. I love her very much. So, you know, you watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of them come across looking great. Uh, they all just look like horn dogs, and I'm not going to defend any of them. They look horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Yes, they do, uh, bro. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to share a cab because Corey again has to get out. He's got to get to those parties that he's been talking about, thinking about. That's right. And then he sends the cab away. He does. I promise I won't do anything stupid. Corey, how could you possibly do something so stupid? 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't trust him. He's, he's pictured in Corey, his stupidity was in the Olympics, you'd win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> yes. Yes, you would. Yeah. And so we've got... And Corey's reasoning is sound. If you don't look like the license is posted in your cab, it's a good reason not to get in the cab. Yeah. Uh, that's think it's the time Brett to explain to some of the younger viewers who only know of things like Lyft and Uber of what a calling a cab entails and uh, why their uh, picture of them is in the back. Yes, yes. Um, cabs uh, were conveyances that were uh, run by companies rather than individual gig economy users. And you would call for a cab, uh, and sometimes in the middle of a busy city, you could hail one on the street. And the licensed driver of the cab would have their license displayed so that you would know who the licensed driver was, um, rather than looking at your phone to see the picture of the driver so you could see who was driving you. Um, really just an older version of Uber or Lyft. And cabs are still around in a lot of places. They're just not as popular since they don't really have the ability to compete with Uber and Lyft as effectively. Mm -hmm. So um, they're going to take the subway instead because that's a great idea. Now, I will say I have driven Uber on uh, New Year's Eve, and that is a crazy night. Um, I believe it. <laughs> it is a really good night to make money, but it's also a ridiculous night to deal with people. Ooh, uh, the yeah. rates are good. I believe very good. However, people are very impatient. I believe it. Yes, and I'm also amazed at the skimpiness too. of some of the dresses that I've seen in the cold area that you know I live at. <laughs> I believe that too. <laughs> yes. It's just funny because the one time uh, it was like so many sparkles in the back and Sarah's looking at it like, why are there so many sparkles? Like, I can't explain it. New Year's Eve. We have to just accept it. <laughs> We're just going to burn the car now. <laughs> like, I will clean it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just glitter. It, it's just we're burning the car. Yes. But now so, they're going to do the subway, which, Brett, how far away is the subway from them? They've never really established that the subway is close to them. No. And I imagine so, with the establishing shots of the house, the subway is a few blocks at the very least. Right. So they're going to the subway. Like, the effort they're putting in this whatever party is ridiculous. Like, none of it Eric's makes any logical be, sense. Whatever party they're going to is going to be in front of all of Philadelphia so Eric can be seen kissing Rebecca Alexa. It's just a lot of work. Uh, yes, but also, like, is there, like, a, a show that they're going to? Like, a special, like, televised, like, it's part of the Dick Van Dyke show or uh, Dick Clark show? Like, Dick Clark's Rock New Year's Eve? Yeah, like, is it something like that where, like, there's a camera there and... I just don't understand. Maybe, maybe for Eric's part, I would imagine. I don't know if Corey, Sean, and Tabango were planning on going to the same one, but I would imagine that Eric's plan originally was going to be something like that. 
But uh, Sean and Corey have a sneaking suspicion they're being watched, and we get a nice little visual gag of the Feeny poster that mimics an army recruiting poster. I want yes. you to go There's to There's a classic. <laughs> but we also get a moment where Corey spills the beans on Eric's plans to kiss Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philly. And he does. Yeah. And... Other than Corey wanting to stick it to Eric, I, I'm a, a little, little bit of a loss as to why he would have said anything. I mean, I'm under the belief that Eric or Corey just wasn't thinking when he said it. Like, because sometimes Corey will have word vomit where it's like, as long as this happens, and then this happens, then you get the thing that you want, Eric. And the thing he wanted yeah. is not the thing he communicated to Abeka or Alexa. Alexa. Yeah. So the fact is, is that Corey said the thing out loud that they've all been saying behind her back. So it's better that she's hearing about it now, so that way she has the choice oh, yes. to leave or not. Much, much, much but better. But also, like, Eric has not put her in a good position all night. And there's no way else around it. Like, Eric has not been a good date to her for a second. Not once. No, he is definitely committed to getting to the party, not just having a good time with her. He is more yes. committed to being seen than being with her. Correct. Yeah. Worst version of that. Yeah. 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 And so, of course... Rebecca Alexa leaves, the train is stopped, and we get a classic... What did you do? Which... You know who Eric reminds me of right now, by the way? Who? Talk about pop culture. So, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but at Kansas City Chiefs game, there's a certain pop star that keeps showing up to the games. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, this is relevant. So, the last... this. I was I was watching uh, a little bit of the end of the football game today on CBS, uh, and so all of a sudden that that popped up and Sarah's in the room. She goes, "Hey, T Swift's at the game." And so when I came by, I was like, "Oh, he's sitting with Patrick Mahomes' fiance." For those that don't know, Patrick Mahomes, who is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, he has a fiance who is obsessed with being a influencer and a TikTok superstar and showing that she, you know, can do things just like her husband and blah, 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 blah. Um, so she keeps sitting by Taylor Swift, and I keep seeing every time they go to them of, like, her desperately trying to like show that she and T Swift are now best friends, and it just it reeks of desperation. <laughs> and so every time I see this, I went, you know, I get her sitting by mom, by dad, plenty of other people, but like this is the the person that she sits by that I always feel most cringy about because mm -hmm. it's not about her becoming friends with somebody; it's about her being seen with somebody. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. I would say that uh, Taylor or Travis is distracted. However, he was playing against me fantasy football today, and he destroyed my team single-handedly. So, <laughs> well, half there you go. Half of my mom's team didn't even need to show up because of him. <laughs> oh man. Mm -hmm. Well, 
we get uh, out of the act break, and Corey is uh, going to try to act tough. And uh, Corey has broken the train. Corey's broken the train. Uh, boy, I'd hate to have to kill someone with my flu virus. <laughs> yeah. Another cringy thing uh, he does this episode. And uh, we get Eric desperately trying to open the subway doors. Okay, if I could just pry my fingers into the door, they would get stuck. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and of course... He said Corey broke the train. Uh, we have Topanga trying to continually uh, keep their spirits high, saying things like buck up buckers, and uh, she apparently swallowed Sandy Duncan. And she has her own uh, breakdown, well not breakdown, but she goes off on them where she has, she finally uh, shares. That, that's it, Corey Matthews. I'm sick of being the rah-rah girl. You try being positive one all the time. Use the word buckers. <laughs> there you go. But she I finally have demons, lets it out. So there. She finally lets it out and feels better. She's yeah. finally honest and feels better. She starts to speak her great. mind a little bit more. Yes. Yes. Not, you know, Brett, they call that a, force... a natural progression in a relationship. You know, when people mm-hmm. stop doing the things that they think the person wants them to do and they start being more of themselves. It's interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is healthy. And then yes. uh, a, a young gentleman uh, uh, shares with them that uh, he he's noticed that they really don't seem to be all that familiar with riding the rails of the subway. Yeah. Did you uh did you get this actor? Uh this actor is named Wesley Jonathan. Uh hmm. he is playing a character named TJ. First and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. 71 acting credits to his name including 21 Jump Street, Baywatch, A Different World, Moesha, News Radio, Sister Sister, The Practice, Smart Guy, NYPD Blue. Boston Public, What I Like About You, CSI Miami, NCIS, Cold Case, 90210, The Rookie, and others. Did you have a particular reason that you uh, wanted to talk about TJ? Well, I wanted to mention him. I had to pull him up on IMDb now before I forget. So there is a show that he was in um before he was on what i like or 10 things i hate about you or 10 things i like about you (laughs) yeah i think uh city guys is what i'm thinking about Show ran from 1997 to 2001. It's just one of those random shows that would pop up a lot. Uh, I think when I got the syndication. And mm-hmm. so quite often uh, it would just play randomly that I would never know where this show come from. So it's going to be one of those I'm going to have to go back to at some point and watch. Well, uh, hey, good actor. Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, he's got a long, long IMDb list. Yeah, over seventy credits, acting credits, and uh, I mean, he's still acting. He was in The Rookie and others more, most recently. Um, 
Eric continues to try to get a hold of Bridge. He gets told life's tough, so there's a nice, nice uh, callback there. Sean, on the other hand, is perfectly at home. He's found, uh, he's gone up and down the train. He's found parochial schoolgirls, a woman in labor, uh, caterers. We've got food, babes, and birth, Eric. The cycle of life is complete. Hey, this is an environment that Sean would be super comfortable in. Yeah, and I mean, this is where Sean's going to thrive. Uh, just everything is all messed up. But Sean's Sean's going to be at home and find a way to be content, no matter what. Yeah. And so, and there's a nice little, uh, nice little fun gag of Sean looking for someone to help the woman deliver a baby, and he finds a pizza delivery guy who lives. <laughs> just it's just fun. As Corey, Sean, and Topanga have turned this disparate collection of train cars and strangers into a party, as TJ puts it. Uh, we discover that Corey is just so white, and uh, Topanga wants her fresh midnight kiss before the garlic balls make their way around. Corey and, yes. and Eric get to have a moment together, and I clipped out this, this moment between them. Everyone always makes such a big deal out of New Year's, right? But why? I mean, they never turn out the way you planned. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, especially for us. Uh, you remember that night where we tried to make popcorn in the radiator? <laughs> How could I forget? I mean, Mom and Dad freaked out on us and the walls popped for weeks. <laughs> How about that year we let the blonde babysitter curl your hair? Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> When's that going away? I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of lousy New Year's together. Yeah, we sure did. They're all pretty good. Especially this one. I mean, big party, a lot of people dancing, having a good time. Thanks, man. Yeah, we get, uh, we finally get Eric realizing that A, he was being dumb, and B, it's it's okay to enjoy the moment where you're at, where who you're with. That the moment's good. I mean, it's not some earth-shattering revelation. I mean, I didn't clip it, but we've got the whole "I'm too good for her," "I dumped her," even "I don't believe me." But we we have a moment of of growth here for Eric, and. um we move on to uh, Midnight, Happy New Year's. Sean has twins, Linda and her sister, more Linda. And, uh, you think that's their actual name, more, more Linda? I kind of hope so, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hate to be the to meet the mother or father who named the second child out of the womb more Linda. <laughs> and Eric gets to quiche the caterer. And I'm going to share who the caterer is just because it's, it's, it's kind of a famous person here. Uh, this is Charisma Carpenter, first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. And she has 65 acting credits to her name. 
including uh, Baywatch, Charmed, LAX, Veronica Mars, CSI, Legend of the Secret, The Expendables 1 and 2, Greek, Burn Notice, Supernatural, Blue Bloods, Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy, Screen Queens, Chicago PD, Lucifer, Chronomines, Beyond Borders, 911, others. But I'm sharing this because Charisma, this is kind of where she got her start, but she went on to be a really big name in genre TV because she was a big player in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the spinoff Angel. And so... We finish up on the subway. New Year's Eve has been a success. And we move on to the next day. Mr. Feeney is coming home. Returning from his vacation, and he needs cash again. Has the same cabbie that Corey sent away. And uh, <laughs> this time Alan and Amy are home, though. Yeah, Alan with $1 in his pocket. Yeah, $1 in his pocket. Dig deeper, man. The meter's running. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's all that, like, that slight annoyance of, this is the 90s. Like, I get some people overstepping and overthinking, but, like, no one has cash on them whatsoever. Yeah. Especially the manager of the market giant. Yeah. Oh well. But it's about the joke. It's about, it's about the, joke the joke because Sean and Corey appear and Feeney would rather risk his liver with this uh Vashnish or however he pronounces the driver's name, uh who does mm-hmm. not look like his license. Um, he's going to leave for a bank and a uh, a bank machine. And yes. that is our episode of the show. Train of Fools. So, Tyler, now we get to find out. Dun, dun, dun. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Uh, I think it's important, Brad, to start with Angela Visser. Uh, which I know you have already spoken about her, who played Rebecca Alexa. But I think it's mm-hmm. important to discuss of uh, of how she came to fame. Uh, so this is what it says. Uh, she's a Dutch actress, model, and beauty queen who was crowned Miss Universe in 1989. She's the first and only Dutch woman to win the title of Miss Universe. Uh, she won Miss Holland in 1988. Uh, she did not place in Miss World but did win uh, Miss Universe the next year. Uh, Basically, after that, she then started getting um, roles in Hollywood, such as Baywatch and other shows uh, that uh, young people are into, and thus giving her a career in Hollywood and probably also more modeling gigs. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that... uh, of what her background was before she came into this picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing is... So, I mentioned the Dick Clark uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, 
every year on New Year's Eve, uh, this is a broadcast. Normally it's on ABC. Apparently it used to be on NBC, but now it's on NBC every year. Uh, Ryan um, Seacrest is the current host of it. Um, but essentially it's just there to help bring people into the new year uh, with all sorts of different musical guests and musical performances and uh, different Hollywood people and they're right there at Times Square and you know uh, the ball drops and yay and everybody's happy and loves it and it, there's way too many people that have been involved in this uh, to actually list everybody but uh, the big thing that you need to know is that it will not just be in New York but they'll also have other segments in other places as well um, I mean, as most people know, well, the way it used to be, if you had at least three different broadcasts, you kind of just kind of filter through all of them to figure out what what one's doing this, what one's doing that, and who you want to see perform. Um, yeah. So, Traveler's Checks, Brett. What is it? Uh, Traveler's Check, sometimes... Uh, uh, sorry. A Traveler's Check is a once popular, but now largely unmoded uh, medium of exchange utilizing an alternative uh, hard currency and it intended to avoid tourists. Uh, the product is typically used by people on vacation in foreign countries. It offers a safe way to travel overseas without risk of associate of, uh, without risks associated with losing cash. Uh, the the issuing party, uh, usually a bank, provides security against loss or stolen checks. Beginning in the late 1980s, traveler's checks have increasingly been uh, supplemented by credit cards and prepaid debit cards. Uh, so essentially, oh, sorry, here's how it works. A traveler's check is basically a prepaid fixed amount and operates like cash so that the cashier can use it to buy the cashier can use it to buy goods and services when traveling. A cashier, a consumer, can also exchange traveler's checks for cash. Uh, major financial services institutes, yeah, institutes issues traveler's checks, and banks and credit unions sell them through their um, through their systems. So essentially, Brett, traveler's checks is for lack of better wording, an old way for people to travel <laughs> safely with their money without people having to worry about it. Now, do people still use this sometimes? Yes. Do a lot of people still use it? Not necessarily. And a lot of times, people are going somewhere, they'll just call up their credit card company and say, I will be traveling to this location. It's not sketchy. Mm -hmm. So, um, yep. Yeah. So, one of those old tech things that jump, that shows up on this show. Recorded <laughs> um, phones. Yes. So, I was just looking up um, what happened on this date of 1995, December 31st. Um, basically, there's several things on... Broadway that gets shut down or closed. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, here's here was the one I was looking at. Cartoonist uh, Bill Watterson 
ends his Calvin and Hobbes comic strip after 10 years, believing he has achieved all he could in the medium. Now, who's to say that is all that he has written? I'm going to have to look more into that. But apparently, in in, uh, 1995, December 31st, that was his decision. How did we bring in the new year of uh, 1996? Uh, Well, uh... Uh, yeah, New Year's Eve. Apparently, um, the festivals begin Sunday at 7 with Tia and Tamara Maori from Sister Sisters to host the New Year's Eve bash with the Animaniacs. Hmm? Uh, Nick's Eve. Nick's New Year's Eve featuring a five hour broadcast from Orlando. Florida, uh, Lori Beth Dernerberg, all that. Uh, Mike Morano, the adventures of Pete and Pete are host with Linda Elber, Belbury, huh, on Nickelodeon. Uh, 11 o'clock, check out New Year's Live, uh, New Year's Live Vegas. Uh, Guy Lombardo and his Royal Caribbean, no, Canadians. Join Dick Clark. (laughs) New Year's Eve rockin'. 1996. Oh, he was still doing it back then. Cool. Uh, Boys to Men will be singing. On the New Year's Eve Coast to Coast at Universal Studios. Let's see. Yeah, nothing else is fun. Okay, so last thing, Brett, is uh, we're going to play a little game. As we were discussing uh, with the segment that you didn't want to discuss, and that is uh, Jonathan's love life and uh, his inability to uh, break up with people. Uh, I thought it's about time, Brett, that we go over some nice cliches uh, that are quite common with breakups. Okay. Uh, so here's what we'll do. Um, I have the <laughs> the lines that people typically use and then what they actually mean, and I have 12 of them. So would you rather give me the actual lines and then I can tell you what the uh, – things are or yeah let's do that why don't you guess and then i can tell you if that's correct and if uh what they actually mean uh it's not you it's me that's the first one on the list uh it's you but i wanted to try to spare your feelings so you don't go psycho on me um i'm just not ready for that kind of commitment Um, unfortunately, Mr. Turner, that is not one of the ones on here. Okay. Um, I mean, other wording similar to it, but. Yeah. Um, um, I just had one, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
But you just hate that it was right there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're drifting apart. I get the feeling I'm going to have a lot of these that are close, but not quite. Okay, you got one that's close. I'll give it to you. So uh, what they have here is we're just on two different paths right now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, which is basically exactly what you said. So what they have said, what it actually means is, I really don't want to see you grow up anytime soon, and uh, neither do any of the other important people in my life who've been waiting for me to do it this forever. I don't see you growing up anytime soon, and neither do any of the other people, oh, other other important people in my life who been waiting for me to do this forever. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's see. How would you phrase, I think we should see other people? Um, let's have an open relationship. <laughs> no, no, Brad, you're thinking way too right now. Classic lines, Brad. Classic. Classic, classic. Uh, let's see. Uh, I use that one. Um... Think of the cheesiest things you've heard on TV shows. Uh, this would be the day I've been up since three thirty in the morning, <laughs> and didn't go to bed till one o'clock the night before. That's all right. All right. How about this? I'll give you one, and then you tell all me right. what you think it actually means. All right. Let's uh, let's go that way. All right. I love you. I'm just not in love with you. Ah, uh, it means I like the idea of being with you. I'm just not. I just don't want to be with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a great friend, but I just don't see us getting married. So I don't want this now before. I want to end this now before I waste any more of our time. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, how about I think uh, we should see other people? It means I want to break up. <laughs> it means I'm already seeing other people. Ah, there you go. Uh, I just need to work on myself. That's the one I had and couldn't remember. <laughs> yep, that's classic. Oh, yeah. Well, what's it really mean? It means, um, I, <laughs> I don't want to be with you anymore. <laughs> I need permission to be utterly selfish, slightly reckless, and maybe even a little over the place, all over the place, and you're preventing me from doing that. There you go. <laughs> All right. And pr- let's go with the last classic. Well, there's also, there's always the, I don't feel the spark anymore. That's just a bunch of baloney. Yeah. Uh, we're better <laughs> off friends, you know. Um, the one I think is uh, probably the most used outside of the one you said right off the bat is, you deserve someone better than me. 
<laughs> you know, this is really crappy, but I can't really come up with another reason why I'm not into you anymore. Yeah. Yep. Ah, so those are some classic breakup lines, Brett, and we'll have to talk more about breakups here shortly, but uh, yep. just loved how Rebecca Alexa just straight up rejected uh, Eric, and I thought it was a perfect time for us to discuss. I have to uh, go wash my hair. <laughs> I have to go be anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> yes. So a little your deep dive, right. Brett. Okay, well, let's go talk about... You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did we learn? Tyler, what did you learn from uh, Train of Fools? I learned that young people are selfish, and you clearly cannot trust them to make good choices. Hmm. In all honesty, I... I was I've been thinking about this because my son apparently while at my parents house the other day was just getting into everything and all I could think to myself was oh my gosh what is he going to be like when he is older and just you know we as parents have to give room for our kids to be a little selfish and to want the things that is out of their reach and allow them to fall flat on their face and you know trying to encourage him like Alan was with hey remember she's just a person and Eric wasn't listening to that, and he's like, "All right, well, if you want to make a fool of yourself, be my guest." Yeah. Oh, What'd gosh. you learn, Brett? I I went a little more uh, a little more obvious. Don't try to make more of anything, you know, whether it's New Year's Eve or something else, than what it's supposed to be. You're only going to be met with dis with disappointment. You know, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't have a first Christmas episode with Cory and Topanga. Like, I felt like I was right for this time period of Cory freaking out about what to get Topanga for their first Christmas. I agree. It is definitely a missed opportunity. I just can't believe Christmas wasn't, like, their holiday, you know? I know. It's a shame. It is. Well, let's, uh... I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? Let's grade this sucker. How would you grade Train of Fools? I'm going to have to go C-. minus. Like, there are some incredible one-liners, incredible jokes in this episode, and really good moments, and used quite a bit by Disney Channel over the years to promote <laughs> Boy Meets World. Yeah, that sound in particular, I heard that for years. But it doesn't help the fact of the conceit of the episode is very flawed and feels rushed and like there wasn't a real plan for this episode it was just hey here are some jokes we really like let's make those work somehow uh -huh. like it's hilarious there's no way around it like i will rewatch this episode because of how funny it is but if i have to critically think over the conceit of this episode i'm gonna be mad and not want to watch it again uh -huh. C minus. Yeah, I'm in full agreement. C minus is my grade too. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's exactly what you said. I'll, I'll watch it. I watch it every year as a tradition for New Year's Eve. It's it's got some great one liners. It's got some funny moments. It does have Eric learning and 
he gets his comeuppance. So there's some yep. there's some justice there, but yeah, there's a lot there's a lot there that's just there to be there. Yep, exactly. So I have a dad joke for you. Hit me. All right. My dad always told me I should marry an Egyptian woman. He said they make great mummies. Yeah, I get it. And I'll give you a bonus one, just because I like it. What do you call a group of whales on a show? I don't know. A podcast. (laughs) Nice. Well, good-looking people, that is our episode for this week. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on social media at World across Twitter, X, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the good places. We thank you for checking us out on video or through audio, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can pick up some great threads like this shirt at dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. And tell us what your favorite part was. Was it when Henry decided to join the podcast or when my cat was snuggling into my face? Yes. And you can send us an email at dazmeatworld at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on our grades, your thoughts on the episodes, or any special guests that you'd like to have us uh, include in the future. Yeah. Or any returning guests. Yes. Who are your favorite special guests we've had that you'd like to see come back? Yeah. So, Tyler, until next time, I'll see you good looking. Do you good looking? You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Okay, I'm going to feed this cat real quick because I can't uh, podcast this whole time with okay. him on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go feed that cat. You okay? That's for the cat being fed. Oh. (laughs) This is great for content. Nothing but static noises. There it is.